A soldier lays in his bed, a cop perhaps really, and though he put in a full, hard, difficult day, he is wide awake. He tries to relax, but his military brain is on alert. It isn't that he has a troubled conscience. In fact, his conscience is quite at peace. But that doesn't mean his actions won't have dire consequences. Simply because something is illegal or legal does not make it immoral or moral. He is a soldier, and he's supposed to obey. But what about when obedience goes against truth and love and even God? So he chose to be as loyal as possible without compromising his ideals, his morals, or his heart. It was not a rash decision. It was born of years of contemplation and belief. And even though years from this moment he would be pictured as a young man in his prime, in actuality, though soldier tough, he was an older, wiser man with a heavy white beard and spent so much time considering the consequences of this very day. Finally, there was the sound for which he was waiting. The sound of men coming down the corridor, attempting stealth. But he could hear them coming. He was a soldier, after all. And he knew that someone had betrayed him, and it was only a matter of time. So he gets up and sits on the edge of his bed, already dressed, save for his weapons, to show that he is ready and possesses no threat. He was prepared for this night. The door doesn't burst open as though they were coming after an enemy. Sebastian was, after all, after all, the head of the Praetorian Guard, charged to protect the emperor, which he did. He was their leader, their father figure and friend. The unlocked door opens, and there were his men with conflicted looks on their faces, and only one word is spoken. Sebastian. He stands and joins them, and they walk together to the corridor. It has begun. No hands were laid on. The usually proud men shuffle, and they don't make eye contact. No words are spoken. It's an ugly scene before Diocletian, the emperor. At the moment, it doesn't matter if he is right or wrong, if he's moral or immoral, if he's good or if he's evil. It simply is that he has the power to enforce his will, and a soldier is condemned to death for his beliefs. It's kind of a grotesquely painful death, not the arrows that will come, but the friends, the comrades, the fellow men-at-arms are suddenly placed on opposite sides of the law. Friends must lead a friend, their former authority figure and father figure, the person that they respect to death. Their own hands must strip them of the dignity of his uniform and tie him up against a pole. They must stand off at a distance and pull their arrows back. Everything is said with their eyes. Why did you make us do this, Sebastian? You have to understand we are soldiers. This is our duty, even when we don't like it. But Sebastian's own face tells a similar story. You have to understand, I am Christian. 
I have a duty to the love that he has for me. This is what it is to love, to be able to sacrifice everything for the one that you love, even when the consequences are not what you want them to be. Now, his friends, who are also archers, are expert shots, and they also know where to pierce a body so that it does not cause death. And so the first flurry of arrows pass through the air and they ram into Sebastian's body, forcing him down to his knees in pain. But he has hope. Even through that pain, he looks up and he sees God and he knows how loyal he is to him and how much he loves God. And he begins to stand again. And you can imagine the soldiers going, Sebastian, just stay down. But he stands And they must let go another round of arrows that crash into his body. And Sebastian finally collapses to the ground. And they leave him to his death. Or do they? They must go on. But someone else comes by. It's Irene. She's coming with her friends to take Sebastian away to prepare his body for burial. But the odd thing she notices is when she starts touching his body, the wounds well up with blood and continue to bleed. Sebastian is still alive. So she brings him back to her home and nurses him back to health, washes his wounds, bandages him, feeds him. They talk at length about his adventures of helping Christians. But one day the conversation becomes a little bit more serious. Sebastian spoke about how important it is for all Christians to be able to risk even their lives for the faith. If we do not do this, nothing will ever get better. But seriously, Sebastian, and don't take this the wrong way, but what do you think we can really accomplish to be even identified as Christian can possibly lead to our death? Look what happened to Marcellinus. A Marcillian and Marcus. Look what happened to you, Sebastian. We all risk everything just tending to you. A lot of good our mission would be if we were all dead or jailed or just ridiculed. And of course, you have set the great example, but quite frankly, it's easy for you now to rest on your loyals and say, all of you should go out and fight for the faith. That stung like another arrow. Once again, at night, after his body had sufficiently healed, the soldier lay awake again on his bed, and this time he was wrestling with his conscience. If you show great enough love for the person you say that you you love, are you then off the hook? When a mother is in enough pain giving birth to her child, does that mean she doesn't have to sacrifice any more showing love to his, her boy or girl. If a man gives up everything to marry the woman he loves, does that mean he never again has to express love? And if we love God, does one great act of love for him means that we are off the hook for the rest of our lives? Can we even call it love if that is the case? So once again, Sebastian sits up on his bed stands up and sets out on some travels. He goes out to the Appian Way, where he knows Diocletian 
will be passing and he hopes to confront him near a set of stairs. And sure enough, here comes, uh, here comes Diocletian down with all the people that he's coming with. And Sebastian spoke to him a little bit more seriously now. How important it was to stop treating Christians so poorly. You are going against God and his plan. Beware, Diocletian. And if you were Diocletian, of course, at first, you're going to be shocked. This man was dead. I had him put to death. Is this his ghost? But sure enough, eventually, he pulls his wits together and he orders his shoulders to, uh, soldiers to once again lay hands on Sebastian. And this time he is ordered to be clubbed to death and his broken body left in the gutter as an example. This noble heart that loves so much and to such a great extent that risked even life itself to prove its love, both of God and his brothers and sisters, is left by the side of the road. The power of Diocletian wins. Or did it? The rule of Diocletian is over. Rarely is his name spoken other than in reference to St. Sebastian. There are no buildings named after him. Nobody tries to imitate his life. His name is not on our lips in supplication. He is not remembered fondly. He is not respected for his nobility, his leadership, or his love. And one wonders where he's spending the rest of eternity. He is a shadow in the brilliance of St. Sebastian, our patron, who has a privileged place in heaven and whom we look to intercede for us. There's a lot to learn here and much I would like to say, but I'm going to give the last words to Archbishop Chaput in Render Under Caesar. For Christians, love is a small word, relentlessly unpacking to some other words like truth and repentance, forgiveness, mercy, charity, courage, justice. The gospel tells us that we will know truth and the truth will set us free. Free, not comfortable, not respected, but free. Free in the real sense of the word. The ability to see and do what is right in service to God and to others. Christians in general and Catholics in particular do not and should not seek to force their religious beliefs on society as did Diocletian. But working to form the public conscience is not a coercion any more than teaching the difference between poison and a stake is not a form of bullying. Actively witnessing to and advancing what we believe to be true about key moral issues in public life is not coercion. It's honesty. And it is duty, not only of faith, but of citizenship. Lord, fill us with that spirit of courage which gave your martyr Sebastian strength to offer his life in faithful witness. Help us to learn from him, to cherish your law, and to obey you rather than men. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever.